We believe. We believe in everything the Lord Jesus has purchased for us. We walk in it. We are illuminated by Christ living in us. The hope of glory. The very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in the believer. Nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, beloved, we're going to continue on the life of Elijah and Elisha. And last week we ended where Elisha had received the mantle of Elijah. And we're going to continue. We're going to go forward. Because we know that this life brings challenges. We know that this year is going to bring challenges. But we do not need to be faced. We can walk in the mantle of an abundant mighty rain and a double portion, a double portion. Holy Spirit fire. Resurrection life. I'm telling you, devil, resurrection life in my life, resurrection life in this church, resurrection life in the believers in this church and their families. So devil, just go ahead and hear what I have to say because I am telling you that I live in a resurrected life. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I stand on every promise of God, and there is nothing you can do about it. So go ahead and flee. Go ahead and get out of here because my life is full of resurrection power. And your life is full of resurrection power. It only depends on us believing, speaking forth what the word of God says. You know, the devil doesn't like to hear the word resurrection. Resurrection, resurrection, resurrection. The devil doesn't want to hear, I'm covered by the blood, I'm covered by the blood. And most of our society doesn't want to hear, I'm covered by the blood, because they think that's a way too messy gospel. But it is the power of the cross. So I'm going to preach the blood, I'm going to preach the resurrection, I'm going to preach the faithfulness of God, I'm going to preach the power of God. I'm going to preach that supernatural is not supernatural because it's natural with God. So are you coming along with me this year? (laughs) We're winning. That's right. We've won already. Signed, sealed, delivered by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. What? Rejoice. Rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Hallelujah. 
rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. So, what's our year going to be like? We are going to be entering into the soup. Whoa, that was a bad statement. Not entering into, you see, because God already has it for us. So, you know, you see how critical it is? Do you see how important words are? We're not going to be entering in. We've entered. See it? Do you see it? Do you see it? We're walking. We're walking. We're trotting where angels trod because it's been given to us as our inheritance. Every spiritual blessing in Christ has been given to us. We have been given the very glory that, Je- that God gave Jesus Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. He said he will give us the land wherever we trod. So we are trotting. We have entered the land of promise. And it's only a matter of going higher and higher and higher. How high do you want to go? How high do you want to go? I do have a message today. Yes, I do. I do have a message today. But seriously, can I just talk to you for a minute? Can I just talk to you? I mean, message aside, can I just talk to you for a minute? What is the believer? Who is the believer? Okay. Don't we all know, at least hopefully everybody in this room knows, what is the mission of the believer? The mission of the believer, the inheritance of the believer, the right of the believer, the power of the believer. You see, every single believer, all included, every believer has the power within them because of the Holy Spirit, because of the risen Christ, because of what he has already earned for us, because of the blood. We have the God within us to be released. It is our right, our privilege to release the kingdom of God here on earth. To walk in supernatural. We were created as believers in the image of God. The scripture says that we are his children. And as children... We are created in his image. It does not say, uh, like, you have God's image except in this area. So he could perform miracles, Jesus could perform miracles, but you can't. By the power of the risen Christ in us. It is very warm in here. But if you all are comfortable, it's okay. But you see... We, we are the manifestation of Jesus here today. Is this too powerful? Is this too strong? You see, this is not blasphemy. It is blasphemy not to walk in what Jesus died to give us. 
the scripture tells me that I am included in Christ. Included. That means nothing left out. It means everything that belonged to him belongs to me. Him and he and I, him and me, I and him. Attached. The same resurrection power. And it's time to... This is a kind of a hard thought that I'm trying to formulate, but it's time to stop thinking this is a fantasy. It is fantastic. It is fantastic. It is so fantastic that Jesus has been recreated in us. Did you get it? Jesus, when you become a born-again believer, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, he is recreated in you. Nothing missing, nothing broken. This is not something for somebody else. This is not something for only the prophets. This is not something for someone who just, you know, they're just super, they're just super, and, you know, I got, a lot to, uh, I got a lot to learn. Yeah, we all have a lot to learn. But our Father has not kept anything from us. The windows of heaven are open, open, pouring out. The angels were descending on the ladder, remember? Ascending and descending. What were they doing? Inheritance of heaven to us. That was a vision back then. That was a prototype of our promise. And he said, surely God is in this place. Surely God is in this place. God is in this place with you, beloved. You walk with him all the time. His presence is with you. God is in this place. Jehovah Shammah, he is here. He is here. And it is entirely our pleasure our privilege, our requirement, our mission to bring the reality of heaven and all of the spirit world here. You are more powerful through Christ than you realize. That's my entire awareness. That is our entire awareness as a body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Hallelujah.
So yes, I do have a message today. Let me just see something here real fast. Do you remember actually months ago when we were talking and Jesus said, I want you to be where I am? Remember? Remember when we were talking about that? I kind of think that was in John 17. Well, anyway, it says that he wants us to be with him where he is. And do you remember he was praying? He was praying for believers. He was praying for the disciples first, and he was praying for believers. And he said he wants us to be, it's underlined in my Bible, and I forgot my Bible today. And he said, I want you to be, and we've always thought about that. We've always thought about that in terms of being in heaven. Well, he came to bring heaven to earth. Okay? We need to really walk in this reality. I need to walk better in this reality. I need to do better. I need to fully understand the revelation of Christ and walk in it. You see? But when it said, I want them, the believers, to be with me where I am, that wasn't just heaven. That was all that he is. All who he is. All that he accomplished. His very image, his very character. That's where he wants us to be at all times. With him, surrounded, engulfed in Jesus. Crucified to the world and alive unto Christ. This is our reality here on earth. Any other reality is only something that a person receives from the devil. Got it? Any other reality is just because someone is opening the door and allowing the devil to speak to them. Our reality is Christ in us the hope of glory? I am crucified in Christ. He lives in me. Not I. I am included in Christ in all that the resurrection means, in all that the blood did. The word included means you have it. You're included. Okay? All right. Okay, so we're going to go on with Elijah and Elisha. So, what started all this? My incorrect usage of the word entering. Because it's a promise we already have. It's a mantle we already have. It's a blessing we already have the abundant mighty rain, the milk and honey lamp. 
reading before in, in, in Psalm 16. A pleasant land. Okay. So, we are the ones that either choose the earth, the earthly business, the tumult of the earth, or the abundance of the heavy rain and the double portion. It's just completely up to us. That's all, that's all I have to say about it. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> because it is up to us. Okay. So we're going to be studying. We're going we're gonna to continue to go through the life of Elijah and Elisha. And we're going to be going through stages. There, there are lots of stages, but we're going to be studying the four because Elisha and Elisha traveled to four specific places, and we're going to study those. And how we choose to journey through these places will determine, does determine whether or not we receive the pro- full promises of God. Okay? I'm not trying to make things heavy for you, but, you know, the more we're enlightened to understand, the more we pursue the presence of God. You see? The reality of the spirit world becomes ours. Is ours. It is ours, but it becomes manifested in our life. So, how we choose to, in the four places, were Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and the Jordan. And how we choose to journey through those things will determine how we receive the abundance that God already has in store for us. That God already is pouring out 2 Kings 2, 1 through 6. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. So, they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you not know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. So the first thing we want to notice here about this passage is that every single time that Elijah gave Elisha the opportunity to stay right where he was, 
no shame, no guilt, gave him the opportunity to stay right where he was, Elisha said, no, I don't have enough yet. I am getting mine. I am going with you. I am following the man of God. I will have what God has for me. Elisha refused to stay in place. He refused to stay in place. He insisted on continuing with the prophet, with the man of God. He chose to go on. We must choose no matter the challenge. Did you hear that? No matter the challenge, no matter the challenge, we must choose to do the same. It's completely up to us. We must choose not to stagnate. We must choose not to quit. We must choose not to give in or give up. We must choose the word every time. Hallelujah. Elijah was moving on with God, and Elisha was going to go with him, and Elijah chose to give up complacency. He chose to give up familiarity. He chose to give up lukewarmness. And he chose to seek the presence of God. He chose not, the second thing we, we need to pay attention to, is that he chose not to listen to the negativity and the bad reports. That is a decision we have to make because Satan, the devil, spirits will motivate people to speak negativity and bad reports into your life. We must choose that we are not listening to that, but we are choosing the word. We are standing on the word. We will stand on the faithfulness of God. We must set our things on our hearts. We must set our hearts on things above, on the promises of the word. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Raised with Christ. Where are we raised? into heavenly places, right, with Christ, into heavenly places, seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you think Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father sweating anything? I don't think so. He's not anxious, he's not frustrated, not upset. And yet he knows everything that's going on. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, 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 resting, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Let's get our heads out of the dirt. Earthly things. <laughs> For you died, and your life, your life as a believer, is now hidden with Christ. Hallelujah. That is a 
powerful, powerful concept. Our lives as believers are hidden. He has hidden you from the attempts of the enemy. He has hidden you in resurrection life. Take that, devil. I am hidden in because of my Jesus. Strong's concordance, you know. Raised. The word raised, it means along with. I'm right there along with Jesus. I am right there. To rouse in company with. You are taken up in company with Jesus. That's where you are. Get this one. I love this one. If, if we could just think about this one. To revivify. How do you like that word? To revivify. To revive. New life. Revival. To revivify in resemblance to. I resemble Jesus Christ because I believe in him and the glory that God gave him, he gave me. Created in the image of God to do his works. You have been revived into resemblance of Christ. Wow. Wow. I'll take that. That's what God thinks of you. That's how God sees you. When my life is in Christ, his source is my source. I'm in him. He's in me. What he has, I have. I stay hidden in him. I'm going to read this, uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 4, actually, in the Aramaic, and I'm going to read it to you in Rotherham. If, therefore, you are risen with the Messiah... You are risen with the Messiah. Seek that which is above the place where the Messiah sits at the right hand of God. Feed. Feed. Feed on that which is above and that not that which is in the earth. What are you feeding on? You are going to be feeding on life or death. There is no in-between. I will feed on Christ and him crucified and him resurrected. For you have died to yourselves and your life, your lives uh, are hidden with the Messiah in God. You are hidden with the Messiah in God. And whenever the Messiah who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. That's your 
outcome. That's your outcome. Rotherhams. If therefore you have been raised together with Christ, the things on high be seeking. In other words, look to those things on high where the Christ is. He who is all the fullness of God. That's what we're seeking. That's what he's poured out for us. In his blood. On the right hand of God, sitting, resting. The things on high hold in esteem. The things on high, esteem the things on high. Not the things upon the earth, for ye have died, and your life is hid together with Christ in God. Hallelujah. As soon as the Christ, woo! There is so much power in this next thought, and I'm going to tell you something that you probably, maybe all y'all already know, but I had a new revelation when I looked at this verse this week. As soon as the Christ shall be made manifest, our life then, in other words, Christ our life, ye also together will with him shall be made manifest in glory. Yes. Now what is that talking about? Of course it's talking about the second coming. But let's go a little bit deeper. Let's think of the spiritual implication of that. Because it's his will here on earth as it is in heaven. So whatever he's coming for, he wants us to already be walking in. Right? He's not saying this is the dividing line. The veil has been removed. So in my spirit, in my heart, what this says to me on a whole different level is that Christ revealed in our spirits the revelation of the cross, the revelation of the blood, the revelation of the resurrection, the revelation of what he did, the revelation of who he is in us. I have now. That's what brings us into the glory. That is the glory. We do not need to struggle to get into the glory. This is a big problem with the church. I want to see the glory. I want to see the glory manifested. Okay, well, quit talking that way. You already have it. It is only a matter of believing it. And we will walk it out. It is only a matter of staying in the presence of our dear Lord. It is only a matter of fearing the Lord. It is only a matter of listening to him. 
knowing your covenant. Know your covenant. And speak your covenant. Remind yourself of your covenant. No falling asleep on me today. So we're going to go back to Gilgal. Anyway, every single time the prophet declared to Elisha that the Lord, his Lord and master was going to be taken away, what did he say? Don't speak of it. That's not where my mind is going today. My mind is going to the promises of God. My mind is going on ahead right there to every single promise that the Lord has given me. My mind is on the abundant rain. My mind is on the double portion. My mind is on the promise of God. My mind is on the abundance of the Lord in my life. Sorry I'm yelling at you today because I'm not yelling at you. I'm just an excitable character. Because Jesus is an exciting, exciting way of life. And we are getting rid of the barriers around our minds to receive what the Spirit has for us. So Elisha said, do not speak of it. I am, prom- I am focused on my promised land, so to speak. I'm going to stay in the presence of God, and I don't care about your bad reports. I don't care about anything you have to say. I am staying. I am focused. I have a lot to learn. I am going to learn my call. I'm going to walk in my call. I will not be moved by negative thoughts. I, there is a hope, and there is a promise, and I am after it, and I will get it. It shall come to pass in my life. So Gilgal is about our mindset. It depends on whether we are going to choose to renew our thinking to the reality of God, to the reality of the spirit realm, to the word of God, and believe that he is the truth. And there's a battleground here, beloved, because people will be saying, it's going to end. It's going to end. He's going to be taken, and you're not going to have it. And Elisha said, "Uh uh-uh. Not me. This is a turning point. This is a faith challenge. It requires steadfastness. It requires resoluteness. And it requires action. You've got to keep walking. We have to line up our minds, get our minds in line with the spirit reality of the world. All that Elijah, Elijah with a J, All that Elijah represented. The spirit realm life. Calling down fire. 
calling down rain. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You know, this has really stuck with me. I was here one time, and a prophet walked up to me, and this is a mighty man of God. I don't know if I should say his name or not, because I'm not, I'm not touting on myself. Okay, th- that totally is not my intent, but it's the principle that he said to me. Came over, he laid his hands on me, prophesied over me, and he goes, God says you can have whatever you want. Just tell him. It's the same with every person in this room. You can have whatever you want. You go talk to God. Hallelujah. So, Elisha had to learn from Elijah to stay determined. Go ahead, shift those gears. Shift those gears. Get your mind on things above. Get your mind on the promises. Get your, embrace the new reality. Embrace the realm of the glory of God. Embrace it. That's all you have to do because it's here. It's here. It's here. I... And you are going to believe in the possibility of God, not the pessimism and not the problems. So let's look at what Gilgal actually means. It means circle of stones. It means rolling. It means a rolling away. I already mentioned these are important stages. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. And we all walk through these on our way to the promises of God. So Gilgal, what is Gilgal? Gilgal is a place of memorial, a place of faith, a place of understanding. It is a place of separation. It is a place of forgetting what's behind and looking ahead to what is forward with expectation in the glory of God, with expectation in the promises of God, with expectation for the goodness and the faithfulness of God in my life and your life, with an expectation of the power of God in your life. It is a place of being separated from the past and everything that that entails. Past haunts, Past disappointments, carnal thought patterns, traditions that we just do because we're going through the motions and that's just the way that everybody does it. (laughs) Go ahead and spit that out of your life. There's nothing that we should do in this life because it's a tradition. Not one thing. And then it's a place of being separated unto God. 
You see, Elisha had to decide. He had to have the intent. He had to have the purpose and the vision to go from plowman to prophet. He had to make the choice. So it is the time of separating ourselves unto God. We choose, and every one of you in this room is a prophet in your own life. Do you realize the power of that, that you are your own prophet? It matters more than what, what you think than what anybody else thinks. So we're going to look historically at what Gilgal signifies. And there are two lines of thought here. The one line of thought is that this was the Gilgal that the Israelites ended up with when they crossed the Jordan. I don't believe that. There are several Gilgals, and I, I think it's a different one, but frankly, it really doesn't matter what we think about the specific earthly point because the spiritual significance is what we're after, okay? You, you understand that? It, the spiritual significance remains the same. So anyway, Joshua 4:19. On the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan. Okay, now, we're f this is flashed to, to Joshua, okay? You understand that? that we're going to study that to get the significance. Okay. So I just didn't want you to be confused what I was doing. On the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea. Our God's the same for all eternity. When he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all uh, the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Hallelujah. He is more powerful than any enemy that would ever try to come against you. And you, I prophesy this over every single one of you in this room, you are going to become so powerful and so strong in the Lord, in the fear of the Lord, in his image, that the devils won't even try to get near you, that you will walk in a room and they will flee before you. You will move into a city and clear the demons out. Do you believe that that is your destiny? 
It is. It is your destiny that you will walk and the demons flee. You will clear them out. Anyway, so Gilgal is a place of memorial. It is a place of faith. It is a place where we have roots, grounding, foundation in our faith. It was the first place that the Israelites came to when they left the wilderness. It was the first place that signified entrance into the promised land, the promises of God. It was the place from which they operated. From where are you going to operate? You must operate. I must operate from a place established in the faithfulness of God. He is our foundation. He is our rock. We must remember what the Father has done for us. You can remember that by going through the scriptures. You can remember that by by remembering the things that he's already done for you in your life. You can remember that by hearing testimonies of other faithful believers. Like the testimony we heard last week with Dave. Should I remind you? He had COVID. He was being tormented. You know, torment. He used the word torment. That's a demon influence. For three days and on the third day, on the third day, on the third day. He was being tormented. He saw the demons, that devil, up in the room, and he looked at him, at him and said, You are not my master. You are not my master. And he saw the saints of the church praying and Jesus. And on the third day, it was over. Remember those testimonies, beloved. That's the glory. That's the real reality. That's the here and now. That's the inheritance we've been given. God is alive, he's still on the throne, and he is for us. God is alive, he is still on the throne, and he is for us. Preach it. You preach it. We believe in the faithfulness of God. Isaiah 53.1. This is a powerful, powerful scripture. Who has believed our message? Who? 
to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? I believe in his faithfulness. I believe in his message. I believe in the crucifixion. I believe in the blood. I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the message of Christ and all it has accomplished for me and you. And that means that the strong, powerful arm of the Lord is revealed in our lives. Done deal. Given promise. To those who believe his message, his arm is revealed. He reveals himself to those who believe and stand on his promises. The stones were put in place so that the love and the power and the faithfulness of God, the deliverance of God, would be ever on the forefront of their hearts. Secondly, Gilgal is a place of circumcision. It is a place, for them it was a physical circumcision, but it is a circumcision of our hearts. It is a separation from the world and the old ways and unto the present reality of God in our lives now, of Jesus and all he has accomplished, the finished work of Christ. Joshua 5, 2 through 9. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So, Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israel, Israelites at Gibeah Haraloth. Now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt all the men of military age died in the desert on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the desert during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the desert 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land that he had solemnly promised their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Woo! I want the land flowing with milk and honey. It's mine. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. We are destined for a land, the land, the land of God, flowing with milk and honey. What is milk? Life. Sustenance. Abundance. Milk. What is honey? Sweetness. Sweetness. You are destined for a life 
of abundant sweetness. No wonder the Lord told me to read Psalm 16 before we got out here today. Because I wasn't even, didn't even have that on my spirit at all. And I'm walking out and he says, you go read 16. And I'm like, whoa, I don't even know exactly what that says, but okay. Pleasant land. Didn't he say that in 16? Didn't he say that? That we will be bound, our boundaries will be a pleasant land. You. You, 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 you are the sons and daughters of the promised land. That's you. The milk and honey land. The mighty abundant rain land. The double portion land. They were still uncircumcised. I'm in verse, continuing in verse 7. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. What does reproach mean? Reproach means to charge with a fault in severe language. It means to upbraid, to blame, to treat with scorn or contempt, to deride, to disgrace. It has been rolled away. It has been rolled away. Your your reproach has been rolled away. Receive that, please. Receive that. Lord, I receive the fact that you have rolled my reproach away. Your reproach is rolled away because of Jesus. You have been given, 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 gifted, 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 gifted with resurrection life, resurrection life. I have resurrection life. We must take it. We must believe it. We must see it. Right here. We must see this in our spirits. Beloved, beloved, God is saying that to you today. Beloved, 
That's not just a word we throw around. You are the beloved of God in Christ. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you like none other. He loves you in such a way that nobody could ever remove his love from you. Beloved, we must stand in what the cross has done for us, in what Christ has done for us. We must stand in the finished work of Christ. Your reproaches rolled away. Go ahead, just walk on out. Just walk on out. Just walk on out of all the limitations of this life. Walk on out. I'm walking out. I'm walking out. You can just have it all for yourself, devil, because I don't want to have, I will not have anything to do with it anymore. I am walking out of every limit that you are trying to put on me because God has never placed a limit on me. There are no limits in the spirit. There is only abundant rain. There is only the double portion. There is only the milk and honey. There is only the promises of God. There are only the promises of God. (laughs) I am walking out of the limitations of this life, and I am walking into the supernatural flow that God has ordained for me, that he has ordained for you. You are a child of the Most High God, delivered, redeemed, reconciled, You are a child of the Most High God, made the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the child of the Most High God, healed by the stripes of Jesus. You are a child of the Most High God, given the mind of Christ. You are a child of the the Most High God, given the same spiritual inheritance that Jesus Christ has. You are a child of the Most High God, seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. You are a child of the Most High God, covered by the blood of Jesus. You are a child of the Most High God, in covenant with the Lord of hosts, the King of all the universe, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. You are a child of the Most High God, given the same glory that is Jesus Christ. You are a child of the Most High God, and God has signed, sealed, and delivered you by the promise of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 And you also were included This is my favorite version of this scripture because of that word. You also were included in Christ. When? When? After you learned a whole bunch? After you cleaned yourself up? 
After you stop making mistakes? After you led a sinless life? When were you included? says here, when you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. The millisecond you believed. Having believed, you were marked in him. You were marked in him. You were marked in him with his precious blood. with a seal, with a seal, a seal. Can I tell you something? The devil has no key to that seal. You just stay in the word. You are sealed. He doesn't have a key because Jesus took it. He defeated death, hell, and the grave and took the keys. You are sealed. Marked in him with a seal. What is the seal? The Promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing guaranteeing our inheritance. Your inheritance is guaranteed until the redemption of those who are God's possession. You are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Can I read that to you in a couple more translations because I want it to sink in? Aramaic, for you also heard by him, Christ, the word of truth, which is the good news of your salvation, and you believed in him, and you were sealed in the spirit of holiness who was promised who is the pledge. He is the pledge of our inheritance for the redemption of those who are living and for the glory of God, because you are living in him. Rotherham, in whom you also, hearing the truth, the glad message of your salvation, in whom also believing, you believed in Christ. That's it. Not your super abundant faith. It is believing in Christ and his finished work and his compassion and love for you. You were sealed with the spirit of promise, the Holy Spirit, which is an earnest of our inheritance. Get this unto the redemption of the acquisition. You have acquired that inheritance unto his glorious praise. 
Young's literal. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed. Believe. Believing in Christ. You were sealed in him. You are sealed in him. You are sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of your inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession. You are God's possession. To the praise of his glory. The old has gone. The new has come. We are signed, sealed, delivered, guaranteed, pledged, earnest in Christ. God's possession. The promises of God are yea and amen. Yea and amen. Yea and amen. The promises of God are yea and amen. Now listen to this because God showed me something different about this, this scripture this week too. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, no matter how many, all of them included, they are yes in Christ. Are you in Christ? Okay, well, if you're not in Christ, you can have this whole promise too and you just say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me, Lord, for the things that I have done that have displeased you. I receive you now. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for me, and that you raised that I, you were raised that I could live in your glory. And I thank you for it. And I thank you that you fill me with the Holy Spirit right now, in Jesus' mighty name. If you prayed that prayer, you are a child of God. Hallelujah. And every single promise of God belongs to you right now. Right now. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen, okay, here's the key, the amen is spoken. The amen is spoken, 2 Corinthians 1.20. The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. How do we come in agreement? How do we say the amen? We speak the amen of God. We speak the word of God. We put his word in our mouth and we come into agreement with the word and we speak it. That's the Amen. The abundance of the mighty rain, the double portion, belongs to those who believe. Who will circumcise their hearts unto the Lord. Separate yourself unto God. Be moved only by his character. Be moved only by his faithfulness. Be moved only by his promises. That's us, beloved. That's us. When we fear the Lord and speak his covenant, 
He said he will never change his covenant or alter that which went out of his mouth. Circumcise our hearts, glorify him, separate ourselves unto anything that would draw us away from his beautiful presence. From his goodness, because that's all he has for us, is goodness. His word is goodness. The rain, the double portion, the milk and honey land is out. It is ours. It's already been opened up. I make myself a living sacrifice. Pray this with me. I make myself a living sacrifice unto you, Lord God. I am crucified with Christ. It is not I who live, but you who live in me to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Recognize that about yourself. I am crucified in Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He loves you. He's given himself for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So can I look at just one more thing, just one more little thing before we finish today? There's a very important point we haven't gotten to yet in Joshua when we read Joshua 5 9 a minute ago, it says, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain, the promised land. They ate, they ate of the harvest, thereof. They ate of the harvest thereof. They remembered their God and they ate of the harvest. The very day. You do not have to wait to receive your harvest. The produce, the crops, they celebrated him, they remembered him, and they received the harvest. I could go into a whole lot about what that means. But don't think that there's something in your life that is too big to turn around. The very day that they remembered the faithfulness of their God, the very day they took the harvest. 
The very day we recognize the sovereignty of God, we recognize our need for circumcision of the heart, we fear him, and we recognize and rest in his faithfulness. We recognize and rest in his goodness. We recognize, we recognize that we are included in Christ. We recognize what he has truly done for us. Our harvest will fill our bellies. He is not withholding from you. I cannot say that strongly enough. We will eat the good of the land. We will receive the milk and honey. We will receive the produce, the harvest of his covenant. Elisha, Elijah, and Elisha continued to move on, obeying God's direction and believing in the abundance. I believe, I believe, I believe what Christ has done for me. I believe in the mighty, abundant rains. I believe in the double portion. That's what Elisha was aiming at. He didn't see it yet, but he kept walking on with the man of God. I believe in the milk and honey. I believe in the pleasant land. I believe in my inheritance in Christ. I believe that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I believe that the Lord has already rebuked the devourer on my behalf. I believe in his love and faithfulness. I believe in his mercy. I believe that his mercies are new every morning. I believe that he goes to and forth across the land looking for whom he might bless. And he blesses the home of the righteous. That is the believer. I believe that he answers me before I have ever spoken. I believe that he counsels me with a loving eye upon me. I believe that he tears the mountains down and makes my way smooth. I believe that he straightens the crooked path. I believe that he holds me in the palm of his hand. I believe that he is for me and not against me. I believe that he is a faithful God. I believe that he will never turn his face away from me. I believe in the blood. I believe that I'm cleansed. I believe that I'm healed by his stripes. I believe that I am included in Christ. I believe that I receive every spiritual inheritance in him. I believe that I am seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. I believe in the abundant rains. I believe that he will take me into my land of abundance. I believe, I believe, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that his mighty abundant reign. I believe that the double portion, that the milk and honey land, 
is manifested in your life. I believe that you'll walk in the fullness of Christ on this earth. I believe I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name.